Where's my keys? Alright, we're back in a bit. Okay, I'll you. And art and art and art and welcome to the art and podcast a podcast that asks what do you do and is it art in this episode we talk to ellie who's a psychiatrist we took a walk around queen's park in glasgow and then it started bucketing down with rain so we had to run through the rain torrential rain to get to ellie's flat this is incredible because this is the second time we tried to record this episode with Ellie. The first time we had technical difficulties with our equipment, and the second time it was the most intense summer storm I've ever seen in Glasgow. So we went back to her flat and we finally got it done. So thank you, Ellie, and here's Ellie. So I think the last time we were talking, you were what you call a core level three. Um, core level two, core level but, two. but now you've, you've, you've gone up, haven't you? Well, uh, I'm still, in, until the start of August, I'm core level two, but I've, I've been approved to go up to core level three. Yeah! <laughs> so you're going to be a core level three psychiatrist? Yes. What does that mean again? Because um, you did tell me before, but still, it'd be nice to hear again. So at the moment, I've passed all my exams for... Um, being qualified as a psychiatrist, yeah. but uh, I still need more experience in different jobs, so I'm rotating through different um, kinds of psychiatry uh, for another four years. Oh, right. Yeah. God, it's just, there's so many years involved in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for great reason, because it's <laughs> got to be a rigorous profession. Yeah. But like, so then, I mean, after which you'll be able to call yourself a consulting psychiatrist. Yes. And now you're a psychiatrist? I am a psychiatrist because I've passed my exams. Since, like, um, what was it, like, May or something you passed it? It was January I passed my exams. Oh, yeah. yes, because we, we met right. for this last time we tried this podcast. It was before, it was November or something. Oh, right. So, yeah, I hadn't oh, passed my exams then. I've now passed my exams. So I've got a piece of paper with lots of snakes on it saying that I'm a psychiatrist. <laughs> oh yeah, the, what's this symbol again? It's like two snakes into the yeah, or something. Yeah, there seem to be extra snakes on the psychiatry one. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Where does that come from, the snake thing? Um, so the, the, the medical symbol is the rod of Aeschylus or something. I, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but he was a... Greek symbol of medicine, and he had a, a, ro- a staff with two snakes around it. Right. I think they sometimes use snake venom as antidotes and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. right, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I thought it might be Hippocrates, but I don't know if that's a person because of the Hippocratic oath. <laughs> yeah, that was a person. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Is that where hypocrisy comes from? Ooh, from doctors, I'm basically. I'm not sure. That's what I'm but saying. But it is. In ter- on the topic of psychiatry, it's where melancholy comes from, oh. because Hippocrates thought that everything wrong with a person in their body and in their mind was due to the four humours. Yes. So they had blood, uh, bile, black bile, yellow bile, and phlegm. 
So if, oh, wow. So black bile is melancholy. So melon means black and poly oh, means wow, I didn't know bile. That. That's great. And the same if you call someone sanguine, that means that they have too much blood. That makes right. them cheerful. And uh, you get the leeches out. Phlegmatic is also comes from that. Ah. We've got to use words like phlegmatic a lot more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are we believing now? That I know, like I know. Laughing through our space helmets at yeah. the ears. Dental flossing. We'll be laughing at dental floss. <laughs> well, that's already happened. Really? Uh, that My thing dentist is, tells like, me I should floss. Should I there was either? there was like a big sort of study that said actually it does nothing <laughs> but then my yeah my, really I, asked, I think I asked my dentist about it and he was like well I think it does <laughs> <laughs> I, th I feel like it does but yeah. yeah there's probably a lot of things that we do that don't actually make any difference yeah that's probably yeah, yeah but they're not actively bad for you either <laughs> yeah yeah so why not why not do it yeah. the placebo effect is powerful yeah yeah um, I feel like this is a bit like the Grand Designs Revisited yeah. episodes where he, Kevin McLeod goes back to see how people have settled in. Yeah, like we should go back steps, exactly. and see if people have, if their work is an art form yet. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if it is, has it, failed, has it ceased to become an art? Is it yeah. functional? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are they still living in a caravan? <laughs> The, the end of the last one, we did decide that Ellie passed the test, didn't she? Yeah, we decided yeah. that you passed the test. Yeah, I think definitely after we spoke last time, I felt like, yeah, I am creative. Really? Um, so that had an, had an effect on you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's always been a bit of a, a conflict for me because I always like to think of myself as creative and then obviously going you into a more your personal life yeah your yeah life. yeah so it always feels like something that i've sacrificed in right. order to be a doctor uh -huh. um but i think um i think i probably do employ a lot of creativity in my job that I maybe don't think about As when I'm actually creative. doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in how you interact with patients. Like because what I remember from what we were talking about was you would meet patients and you would have to get a lot of information off them very quickly. And then you'd have to try and make calls on how you should treat them. And yeah. how and within that you could be quite creative, right? Yeah, so um it's kind of like solving a puzzle. Yeah. Um, so you have to respond in the moment to how they are and ask appropriate questions. So you can't always ask the same questions of every patient because it, it wouldn't work. You can't just go through a checklist, basically. Yeah. So you have to be quite creative in thinking, oh, I'm not going to ask them about those questions yet. I'll come to that later. Right. Thinking I'll ask them about this because just get this feeling that that's relevant. Mm -hmm. um, so Do you ever surprise yourself with those answers? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you like specifically bringing them this road so that you think that, because you think that they're going to be fitting to this box or fitting to this like um, area that, a treatable area, like are you 
trying to class them and what, what they need from you and you think you know what it is but you have to try and get the proof of it or do you just go from the investigation into finding out what it is you need to do for them? Um, I suppose probably a mixture um, because I, I, one of the kind of underrated things is like just listening and without thinking about what needs to happen next Right. is uh, really important um, but then you also need to be thinking uh, you're constantly reassessing what's happening in your head. Uh, like you need to be risk assessing. Like, uh -huh. you know, how how agitated is it? Like, do I need to have someone else in here and that kind of thing? Ah, okay. Is, uh, and that could be that could be at level uh, nine, where the next level ten means I do have to get somebody, and then it could just suddenly decrease down to yeah, two. Yeah, totally. Right. And it usually does, but you just need but to have ready that in to the back of your head. Engage yeah. that kind of parachute if you need it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think psychiatry definitely is a bit more creative than some of the other types of medicine. Although they might they might disagree with me, different um well, different types of think? doctors. I think that it tends to attract people who are a bit more creative right. than people in other types of medicine. But you could argue that surgery is very hands-on creative, yeah. as in they're changing someone on the yeah. inside. Um, but it's very, it's very black and white. It's very clear what you have to do with a, a lot of different subspecialties in medicine so to me that's a bit less creative because if the blood test says that your hemoglobin is less than eight you need a transfusion mm -hmm. and if it doesn't then you don't need a transfusion and it's very yeah. clear cut well it's like a graded kind of system of investigation is it this is it no 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 okay it's this this is this yeah well, then if someone comes into the mental health issue then it's is it this? Is this the right thing to give to them? Is yeah. it the right thing now? Or should we wait for this next step? Am I right? Yeah, there's a lot more grey areas. Yeah. It is really raining. <laughs> oh no! I don't want to start the podcast again, but we had to run back to Ellie's place, because it really started to piss down torrential rain, torrential rain, torrential rain.
and got that wet and rain photo. Oh my goodness. Oh. So uh, we had a problem. Yeah, I wonder what it was. <laughs> oh dear. We were like, it's only raining slightly. No, no, it's like coming to your house with your shoes on. Don't worry about that. Oh man. Hey, man. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> nice big hug. A nice big hug. The voice you just heard was that of Dan, Ellie's husband, refusing to give me a hug because of the state of us. Once we had dried off and got a cup of tea, however, we started again. And I asked Ellie, why did she choose psychiatry? I was always quite interested in it. Yeah. Um, I remember looking forward to my block in medical school on psychiatry and then really enjoying it when I did it. Um, but I also considered doing other things like um, geriatrics because I quite like old people yeah, and yeah. Uh, general practice because it appeals to me to be a kind of jack of all trades. Yeah, to do loads of different things in the day, yeah. But the more... The more I did psychiatry, the more I liked it. Um, you get to do a lot of different things in the day, or is it generally the same thing with different people? No, it's, it's very varied. It's very varied indeed. So you, sometimes we see inpatients, which they tend to be more unwell, and then we also do quite a lot of clinics, and then we um, have lots of meetings with nurses and psychologists and other professionals where we kind of uh, team together to um, discuss cases and who is the final say on someone's treatment then is, is it you or is it part of all that thing brought together um that team you just spoke of yeah so the the team should reach a conclusion together really really okay there's not yeah. like a hierarchy probably the consultant psychiatrist is um, team leads in a lot of situations. Right. But I think the NHS is changing like that. It used to be very much what the consultant said was was it. Was it. But yeah. I think now there's a recognition that lots of different professionals have different strengths. Yeah. Um, so it might be the person that knows the patient best is the best place to make ah, the, the, the best, the most decisions. But when it comes to medication, that's kind of the psychiatrist role, uh -huh. as so opposed to talking therapies or anything else. Oh, really? So psychiatrist doesn't suggest talking therapy? No, they, they suggest it, but they quite often don't actually do it. Do it, like in deliver it? Yeah. Ah, okay. So the psychologists or the nurses often will... Um, Have training in that to do that? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes the psychiatrists do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever done it? Yeah, I, I'm doing some psychotherapy just now with one patient. Uh -huh. And that's where you're you're talking them through different things. Like, it, what is it like? Um, are you being like the television version of a shrink to that person? You know. Um, I think what I'm doing with him is more close to the television version of a shrink than most of my job. Really, yeah. really? I yeah. asked that question because I know it's a stupid question and I think that's... <laughs> I think most of what I do exactly is nothing what like the yeah. television version of a shrink. 
Um, That's good to know. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely nothing like that. Because you work mostly in hospitals. Yeah, yeah, hospitals and like clinics of people that might be in hospital some of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, whereas psychotherapy is a whole different kind of yeah. um, thing, which is more akin to what people think psychiatrists do. Does that annoy you that, that like people when you say it's your psychiatrist might go and say, oh, right, you do that? Um, you like on the telly when people are talking to them about the feelings? Uh, no, it doesn't really annoy me. I think sometimes it annoys me that I think there's a little bit of stigma by association with people that work in mental health and right. psychiatrists and... Um, I think people think that you're going to analyze them. Oh, it, right, because you, you know that... If you say that you're a psychiatrist or ah, you work right, okay, okay, in okay. mental health... Um, you still stop talking about you. I, think I find that a little bit irritating. Well, yeah, I, it's really annoying. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I wouldn't expect people to understand what, what goes on in a mental health ward because it's quite yeah. um, different well, than... I don't really understand what other people's jobs are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I think you'd have to have been there to understand that place and why it works the way it yes. does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've worked there in some capacity. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting to know about what like, you know, people perceive your job to be and what you do. I always find that very difficult to describe what I do. Because sometimes it's very, it's very vague. And it is about like trying to get other jobs or something like that. So what I do a lot of time would be like, looking for opportunities to do art or to do uh be in a play or to create something and so when people ask you well what are you up to it's like i'm looking for opportunities to do art but that's like half the even more than half the battle yeah um and it can sound like it can sound like you're not really an artist because you're not explaining well you're, you're explaining a job that doesn't sound like you do much art it sounds like you do more like, or you're not good at what you do because you're looking for the opportunities. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But in essence, that's just part of that's that's really the job. And every job has admin. Yes. And paperwork. And oh yes. And even your job has a lot of that too. You've got to do a lot of checks and, and stuff. A lot of admin, a lot of writing, because I, I suppose from a legal point of view, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um. Litigation is more and more of a problem. In, How much uh, of your medicine. day would you spend writing up cases? Probably as much as I spend talking to people. 50%, basically. Yeah. What's the bit that we're missing? Like, what's like, so right now I see your job as you talk to people about what's going on with them and you, you work with them in various different ways to kind of treat them and then you write up what you've talked about. What's yeah. the bit in the middle? That, or is there anything else we're missing about what you do? I might have to talk to someone else. That's very important about. Yeah. So, um, I suppose this is a problem in, in art as well, okay. uh, because you're only seeing things from your own perspective. And so you'll hear, the, hear a story from one person's perspective, and then you're trying to work out how that fits with how they look yeah. And then Head sometimes another person's perspective can be really helpful. So like a family yeah. member or a carer or somebody else that knows them brings a whole different light to the 
thing that you're trying to yeah. solve or uh, get an idea of. And I think that's one of the one of the scary things, one of the limitations in psychiatry is that you're seeing things through your own lens. Yeah. So um, nobody's completely objective and you're trying to be really objective. Nobody's been, nobody's had, had enough sleep, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these factors too, you know, that, that yeah, add into totally, why totally. you're feeling that where you're about something that's happening in. Um, and in in psychiatry, they've, they've proven that um, lots of different senior psychiatrists will give different label diagnostic labels right. to the same presentation. Um, and that's a proven fact that will happen. Yeah. In a sense, which is um, odd, eh? Yeah, so it's all, all about the perspective of the person. Uh -huh. uh, so it, it kind of, um, and it reminds me of like painting a picture because if you, if you, if you put artists in front of the same yeah. person and ask them to paint the picture, they'd all paint different things. Uh -huh. But then it's a bit more scary because they're, what they prescribe and what they decide can have such an impact on that person. It can, but also what you're trying to do isn't, a moving feet, it's a moving beast, like it's like how do you pin the tail of the donkey when you're, you're kind of searching yeah. the dark, yeah. trying to find out with the, with the most rigor you possibly can, obviously, but you don't know until you try something, right? That's what we talked about before. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of trial and error and sometimes the diagnostic label doesn't, doesn't matter that much because if somebody, because a, a lot of the, the Treatments have an overlap for different conditions. So if some, somebody might think that a person has depression and somebody might think they have anxiety and some people might think they have both. But right. the treatment might be quite similar for all of them. Okay. Um, but I suppose it's what you're, what you're picking up on. Um, somebody might seem more anxious to a person that is anxious or... Yeah. So, <laughs> like a reflection. Yeah, 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 and uh, in that dynamic between the doctor and the patient, there's a there's a lot of interesting things going on. And like what? So, so sometimes the there might be transference, which is where so if the patient has in the past felt that they were being blamed for something. They might then feel that the the doctor is blaming them, and okay. then the doctor might feel like they are blaming them. Uh, so all these things yeah, kind of okay. present or repeat. Uh -huh. um, and uh, if, as I said before, if the patient's feeling anxious, sometimes that can project, and everyone can feel anxious, and uh, so. It's all very, I, I suppose, because people are experiencing such powerful emotions, it's, um, uh, it's quite, um, there's quite a lot of powerful emotions in the room sometimes. Yeah, it's not crazy to think that someone can, can be trying, that can be transferred on someone else because it's so powerful, is that what you think? Yeah, because yeah. they're all very strong emotions and, um, uh, and we've, we have a group on a weekly basis where we talk about the feelings that patients make us feel. Oh, right. So this is like a, a group of psychiatrists that meet up? Of trainees, yeah. Okay, yeah. 
um, which is really interesting wow. um, because people have these really strong reactions to certain patients, the certain patients that really get under your skin. Yeah. Um, so it can be quite, sometimes it can be quite emotional in that way. In, in that room, when you're talking to those things, it can be quite yeah. like getting on. But that's no surprise because you're dealing with hugely troubled people and, and it's important that you have that kind of outlet, mm-hmm. that kind of community, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of you know, just doing your job and going home and talking to your partner about it, maybe, the yeah. max of it, you know, that you have professionals who like have the understanding and sympathy around it to kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That's something that you do have in art too, as far as community goes. You know, like you can definitely talk to people who are doing the same thing as you, and it's kind of normal. Or if someone's doing, uh, if someone involved in the same kind of work of theatre that you do, you can talk to them, and you, there's sympathy, there's empathy, there's, there's all those things flying around that and what you're trying to do and how successful you're being at it, and and if you've just done something, how. How they can go, oh, I remember when I did a show last, I had the exact same experience, blah, blah, blah. It's just really, it's, it's one of the nicest things about being being involved in theatre is the community around it. Like mm, the people the you work with. The camaraderie. The camaraderie, mm. people you work with can, can encourage you along, sympathise with you. It's, it's a hugely important thing because, and I think it's, mo- I think it, it's very pertinent or very present in art because we are, those weird people who are allowed like hug and 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 like and, <laughs> and really our job is to really access emotions you know and to talk about those more so than others so no surprise that we're like well i have a dramatic thing to tell you about it's happened to me <laughs> personally no surprise that we have all the words and are ready to waffle on about that for enough time but yeah it's really it's really good and is there any other like that's outside of your job. Is that a sanctioned kind of community thing or is it? Yeah, it's actually compulsory. Compulsory, for, all right. Um, for my stage of training. Okay. Um, that you go to this group um, and at, at each group, one person presents a case and then we all discuss it. Ah, okay. Um, so it's, it's quite structured, um, but I find it very helpful. Um, even just to know that other people are having the same problems that I have. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hugely important every day. And then, is it just for your training part of it then, or when you, when you, if you become, if that's something you're interested in, a consultant psychiatrist, is there any, is, does that community continue on to next level up, basically? Something? Um, no, but I think you always, or usually ha- will have someone that can give you supervision. So if you have a particularly difficult case, you can request you can, it. You can speak to someone about it. Uh-huh. Do you think that's done a lot, or is it? Yeah. All right. Good. It is done a lot, um, and generally, I think my senior colleagues are quite good at kind of collaborating and asking for advice and help. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but there's de- there's definitely patients that just get under your skin and you can't get them out of your head. Right. <laughs> um, uh, that you sometimes find yourself thinking about on the weekend and then you yeah. no, don't think about that on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Do you, do you find it easy to shut off or is it, is it a thing you have to really work at in your work to your, to your 
everyday life? Um, I think I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, I think it's always a little bit difficult to to switch off completely. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a good skill to have. Yeah, I think it takes practice, though. I think it yeah, really does. Definitely, it takes practice to like not be stressed, not allow the worry to happen there, because it's the weekend or whatever days you might have off to go. Oh no, this isn't the day for that. But it does. It's like almost have to invent methods, or yeah, you have to actively not. Yeah. Or like do things to distract you. Yeah, distraction is, is my favorite one. Just like do something completely different <laughs> to like get away from all that. Um, to that extent, that's like every job in the world as well. That you need that shut off kind of technique. I think. I guess with anything medical, though, mm. it's involving another person. You're aware that they're. They're continuing, <laughs> like if it's a problem with a computer or something, when you turn it off, it's gonna pause until you next work on it. Right, right. Whereas this is more like As stuff in, could be developing. Yeah. Ah, I see. Yeah, 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 it's hard not to worry about people. Of course. Um, That's your job is to worry about people. But if there's a twenty-four-seven service. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But I they quite often tell people just to go to A and E or just to call in at just twenty-four if. Yeah. Things get worse and then... Yeah, of course. Art. And. Art. And art. And art. And art. And... So, when we were talking before, you were saying that you feel... Because you do a lot of things outside your job that are creative, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, you sew, you, you do all these kind do of things. Do a lot of craft, crafts, crafts yeah, activities, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think partly that's because the... I, I quite like doing things with my hands that mm. then actually create something and, and I don't think I really get that sense of having made something myself from my job. Right. Um, because I suppose people are they're people are people. <laughs> they're they individuals they yeah. and they don't get fixed so much yeah, yeah. Uh, in my job. Um, Are there particular projects that get made that, that happen within what you're doing? Um, Initiatives, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of things do happen, and things like research and um, audits. You can have that that kind of sense of satisfaction that I've done something good yeah, for the yeah. service. However, it's quite frustrating because progress is. Um, quite hard to do in a kind of streamlined way in the NHS because um, because they go a beast. And yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, beast. Yeah. It's a behemoth of yeah, yeah. There's so many opinions flying around, and yeah. it's a government, half government run thing. So it's going to be it's going to be that way. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever have the feeling that you've created something then within what you do, your job? Would you say that, that being part of those audits is, is, it, is that you've created something? Yeah, maybe with audits. And sometimes I'll write a really good letter or, some, or, oh, yeah? do, or do a summary of a patient's and yeah. think, oh, that was good. That was a good summary. You find and the right words to express yourself. Yeah, but in the actual work of deciding to change someone's medications or... Um, making a diagnosis, I don't think you get that kind of yeah, yeah. 
the same satisfaction because the, the story's never finished. Yeah. You know? It's an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. and, and then the stuff you do outside, the crafts you do outside, have you always done that throughout your training, throughout your work? Is this something you've always done and you continue to do? Is yeah. Is kid like? Yeah, I yeah. think it's something I always have done and always will do. Yeah. It's a nice um, stress buster for me, I think. Yeah. And I think if I, if I wasn't a doctor and I did something more crafty for my job, mm. so if I had an Etsy shop or something, I would then not find it stress-busting at all. I would find yeah. it really stressful. Yeah. Um, You'd have to go and write some letters or summaries <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the weekend. <laughs> Um, so I think, it, yeah, it's about there not being any pressure to make something good, but yeah, just yeah. having made something that's not that good uh -huh. is, um, is quite nice, relaxing. I was going to do the art test. We've changed the questions of the art test. Like, I was going to try some of them on you, but I'd love to hear. Oh. This will be interesting. I oh, know, I might not pass this time. <laughs> what will happen, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you might, I don't know if I missed this, how much of a change is it going from core two to core three in terms of what you do on a day-to-day? It's not much of a change. Oh, right. Going from stage three to stage four, that's a big change because I won't need to do night shifts anymore. Right, okay. Oh, really? Still need to do night shifts for another year. Yeah. <laughs> And then you've done your duty, like yeah. <laughs> it feels like the army sometimes. The, the medicine, like yeah, well, yeah, it shifts, shifts. shifts. Yeah. yeah, you have to pay your dues or something. Mm-hmm. Before, like consultants would never do night shift. No, yeah. But why? Why is that? Because actually, it depends on the specialty. In, okay. In psychiatry, they wouldn't. But if I was going into A and E or pediatrics or something, they they often will work a night shift. You're sitting in your seat, you're walking down the street with your phone in your hand. You've listened to a bit, you might be tired of it. Now is your chance to pause, to pause, to pause, pause or delete. To pause, to pause, to pause, pause or delete. To pause, to pause, to pause, pause or delete. To pause, to pause, to pause, pause or delete. The Try the arts test again. Okay, right? right, sure. Okay. Question one Do you employ creativity in your job? Um, yes, I think I do. Um, mainly in a one on one basis, kind of the, in the consultation, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, going and talking to people and on your feet and thinking about what they need. Yeah, totally. yeah. Uh, question two. Can what you do be put on display? Like, can you have an audience when you're doing what you do? No, 
No, that would be against patient confidentiality. Yeah. Do you, is it possible to see the other professions in the room as an, as an audience? Oh, I, actually, mm. you do case presentations that, and, and you can present research and things to other professionals. So, as in other psychiatrists or other psychologists? psychologists um, or, um, both. Nurses. So we'll quite often be doing presentations to other doctors or nurses. Or, so. so how do you like maintain the confidentiality in that situation? So do you just not talk about specifics? Or? Yeah, so we anonymise the case and... Yeah, so we, so we take out any names and identifying characteristics and just talk about their symptoms. Right. Um, but there's also... But you do talk we, about a specific case. We do talk about specific cases between, uh, like within the team. Yeah. Um, because we need to share information before sharing care. Yeah, so. uh, of course. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a no. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a no, isn't it? <laughs> uh, do does do psychiatrists have a hive mind community? Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Lots of collaboration and lots of um, uh, sharing wisdom across the specialty. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and that happens in those groups we talked about as well as other places. Yeah, um, well, there's lots of meetings between psychiatrists and they love to talk, so they love to share right. their experience but, and wisdom. Yeah, it's definitely there is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Do you think that when your parents are talking to their parents, they can actually describe what you do? Uh, well, sorry. <laughs> Question four. Do you think... <laughs> that when your parents are talking to their friends, they can accurately describe what you do? Um, no. Right. No, because I think, I think my parents have a, a, an idea of what a doctor does and that's not really what I do. Right, right, right. Do you mind that or do you like, well, you know, what should, how should they know? I'm fine with that. That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Question five, do you think you've ever brought something new to your profession that you feel wasn't there before? No, not at this stage of my career. Right, um, not at this stage of your career. Maybe, you maybe I'll discover something, uh-huh. you know, much later on. Um, but no, there's, I'm still very much just learning the craft, learning uh-huh. the skills. But there is a possibility for, like, when you're further on to... Is it normal to, to create something new, or is it just like a breakthrough? My boss at the moment has a textbook, so uh-huh. he's, like, contributed something new yeah. in that he's written this textbook. Um, and there's potential for me to do research and just just add to kind of the knowledge. Right. But and the potential is that you can take a sabbatical and do that, or that you do that alongside what you do? Um, I can do it alongside what I do. Okay. Um, question six. Can you think of anything that you do in your profession as being beautiful? 
Aesthetically um, speaking. Aesthetically speaking, beautiful. Um, mm, I mean, I do think it's beautiful when somebody gets better. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, that's, that's when, true, yeah. when you see someone one month and they can't look at you, they look at the floor and they can't, uh, they can't engage in conversation and then you see them a month later and they're able to talk to you and they're able to leave the house and they're able and you see these huge improvements that's really beautiful to see mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if that counts <laughs> I don't know either I, I mean we started this a new question yeah I, I feel like it's well obviously it's a very subjective question uh -huh. yeah well that's what's good about it yeah because that's the same thing with art it's subjective yeah what you find beautiful, the other person might not find beautiful. But it's whether what you strive for being beauty and what you do. Like, does that make sense? Sorry. What? That that when you when you're doing your daily job, you're you're striving for a sense of beauty, I suppose. Yeah. Um. And I don't think I make anything in my job that looks beautiful but I can make changes that are beautiful. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a, yeah, I feel like that's a yes. Um, question seven, would you do your job even though you weren't paid for it? Whoa. Uh, would I do my job even though I wasn't paid for it? Um, I would do bits of my job without being paid for it. That's good. Um, well, I mean, it's really hard work if you weren't getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get shouted at quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do it without that. Well, there you paid. go. No, these, this is a new question for us, and it's good um, to find out how, how it, what reactions it causes. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh. I don't, I don't know what I would do if I was a millionaire. You know, whether mm -hmm. because I probably wouldn't want to do nothing. Yeah. And I do really like my job. Yeah, that's a good question. Would you still do your job if money wasn't? I probably would do my job if money wasn't an object, but I probably would want to get paid. Does that make any sense? There's something in the value of it. Yeah, because you, you want to be valued. valued I would, you know, I could give all the money to charity or something if, if money wasn't an object, but yeah. I would want to be valued yeah. because it's not, it's, a, it's really hard working. It can sometimes be a bit of a slog, you know, at 4.30 in the morning when you're in A&E and <laughs> someone's yeah. um, being a bit rude to you because <laughs> that happens, you know, quite frequently. Um, but I still find it very interesting, um, and that's not to do with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, so technically, you scored three out of seven, which is I, I counted four. Did you count four? Yeah. Tell me which four you counted, because well, there was a lot of debate over what was right. And, what was <laughs> and borderline. So the first okay. one was a yes. You, do you employ creativity in your job? Yes. Yeah. Two, um, can what you do be put on display? That was a no. That was a no, yeah. Yeah, it was a no. Um, number three, does your job have a hive mind community? Yes. Yes. yes, definitely. Yeah. Number four, do you think that when your parents are talking to their parents, they can actually describe what you do? 
Oh, that was a right miss. That was no, but that's a yes. That's, that's, no, that's the right that's answer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you did, you got four. Oh, yeah. All right, so you can, you passed. I'm still an artist. <laughs> You're still an artist with the new questions that are, that are new and have... You're now a core three artist. Yes. Yeah, you're a core three. Yes. <laughs> CT core, what is it again? CT? CT three. CT yeah. three. Core artist. And <laughs> do you, but do you think your job is an art form? Like personally, do you? Because we've told you we think it is. But do you think it is? Um, I think maybe that would depend on the day that you ask me. <laughs> And how positive I'm feeling about it. Right. I think if I'm feeling positive about it, I think yes, it is. It requires a lot of creativity and lateral thinking and that kind of thing. And there is beauty in it. And there's beauty in it. Mm. However, some days it it feel it doesn't. It feels much more. It feels like a slug. Yeah, like a yeah, slug. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about art. <laughs> it feels like a slog. That some days it feels like a slog. Yeah. And, and, and it's it not artistic. Yeah. And that's not artistic, yeah. Yeah, some days it's that not. What I'm doing is just, just, what is it, just slogging, yeah? Just like chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then there are some days where it's like, ah, oh, there's definitely a reward. That's what's, that's, what's a, that's what's fun about doing theatre as a job. Your rewards are palpable. They're really like, they're eventful. They're there and you're like, ah, it was worth it. You get even applause. You get applause, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's not even, that's true, but that's not even what I'm on about. Um, it's more about, um, like, you see something in the middle of something, you're in the middle of a show and you see something go well, or you, or you think about it afterwards, you get some feedback that's actually written down, and you're like, all right, cool, we achieved what we wanted to do, and there's incredible satisfaction in that. Um, yeah, I think that's a thing that you don't often get in my job is right. that you can make people better so often people feel better but you don't often get great feedback <laughs> or um you don't necessarily get i think because because a lot of getting a lot of getting better with mental health comes from the person and um they might kind of not recognize necessarily what you've done for them yeah so um yeah it's you don't get lots of boxes of chocolates like you do in, <laughs> in oh. other parts of medicine she's got right. flowers yeah. thrown at you and yeah. Yeah. So chocolates out of all the medical practice. probably surgeons surgeons probably or maybe chocolates. um pe pediatrics pediatrics get a lot of chocolates oh yeah loads of chocolates yeah. because the mums bring them in okay of course yeah so <laughs> on the scale of of like so like a milk tray box um, to a Mars bar, where are psychiatrists on that scale? No, they're below the Mars bar. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they like a Freddo? <laughs> yeah, they're Freddos. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Art and Podcast. Thank you very much to Ellie uh, for recording the podcast not once but twice, and we finally got there. Uh, the questions were by me, Ronan McMahon. The editing was by Roy Shearer. And if you have a job that you don't think is artistic, we'd like to talk to you. Um, or if you know somebody who has a job that's interesting, please get in touch. And you can get in touch by emailing us at artandpodcast at gmail.com. That's art, A-N-D, podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
This is the outro. This is the outro. You have to now go. You have to now go. Goodbye. Goodbye.